0: Hello, my name's Gizzy Erskine. And I'm Sydney Lima, and this is Sex, Lies and DM Slides. Where we invite our celebrity friends to dive
1: deep into their DM boxes to see what
0: terrors lurk within. We'll be chatting about online trolls, online dating, perverted proposals, and why everyone's so weird on social media. Sex and Lies and DM DM Slides. This podcast contains adult content, graphic details of our sex lives, and the filthy contents of our inboxes. You have been warned. Welcome back to another episode of Sex Lies and DM Slides. I'm your host, Sydney Lima. And I'm Gizzy Erskine. So Giz, oui. Um, so I was looking, I was just doing my investigating throughout the week on sexy things, mm. um, and I found this thing that came up called Fedleg, it's a fetish. Fedleg? Have you heard of it?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really scared to ask. Fedleg.
0: So, so, Sounds like a disease. <laughs> yeah, so Fedleg is basically a new uh, fetish. Oh uh, God. It's kind of like been made through, you know, Reddit, it's like one of these subreddits <laughs> called Fedleg. Yeah. Um, and it's made appearances in lists of weirdest internet communities, but it's about yellow legs. So, oh, no. no, no. So, basically, it kind of comes from, well, it's basically painting women's legs yellow. What? <laughs> <It's a
1: laughs> thing. No. Hang it's on, a I'm thing. Googling this.
0: Okay, so in the five years since it started, the Fed Legs subreddit has gained 6,500 members. Post- 6,000 people <laughs> like yellow legs. People post pictures of yellow legs, celebrities, and models that they have happened across online with captions like, she is a proud fed leg and shiny and fed. Show me some pictures. It's just like yellow legs. It's like nothing more to it than being like painting people's legs. Yellow. It's very niche. Apparently it's, like, something to do with... They're trying to justify it with this, its own um, history of how it's come to be the fed leg. So basically, like, women... It's punishment for women getting their legs out. They, they say, like, they've got to paint their legs yellow. So that's just made me open
1: up uh, the thrill list. 20 Bizarre Sexual Fetishes You Never Knew Existed. Yeah. Right. So agalmatophilia is the attraction of inanimate objects. So here you go. You know, like statues dolls, mannequins. I blame them. Not mannequins, because some of them are pretty damn hot. Especially Kim Cattrall, who is now more plastic than person. Wow. <laughs> oh god. Macrophiliacs who get off to giant things. I'm taking a Godzilla sized dong. <laughs> Do you know I'm gonna ask you if you can guess what these are. Okay. Klepto Langnia.
0: Someone who sleeps. No, someone you're fucking when you sleep
1: who steals
0: oh I thought klepto was stealing quite... oh no okay yeah sorry
1: oh here we go this might be a bit more like the fed leg a uh, basophiliax
0: a basophilia yeah someone who's into uh, sea bass <laughs>
1: It's Abasio, a <laughs> filly but but fine. It's very hard sure. to tell if
0: Gizzy's pronunciation of these <laughs> yeah. things where the actual uh, the Latin core is.
1: <laughs> so, so, these are people into leg braces or oh. other orthopedic devices. Okay. Actually, when I was a body piercer, one of the famous tattooists was into having sex with people with no limbs.
0: Really? Yeah,
1: I, he really was. I remember I'm that. T-
0: There's not that many, are there?
1: I don't know. They've got somebody who's into painting someone's legs yellow. I'm pretty sure there must be. Um okay, what's coprophilia? Copra. Yeah.
0: Coprophilia. Okay, oh, so into no. Oh wait. Oh, a- no. what? So I think a coprophilia is someone who's into cops. <laughs> no. It's faeces. Oh, why cop? Oh, copulation. No, what's that? It says most That's coprophiliacs enjoy
1: watching others go and do a number two. However, there is a subcategory called coprophagia, which is a sexual fetish of eating doo-doo. Uh, two girls, one cup.
0: Oh, God, I remember yeah. that. That was absolutely vile. There was
1: quite a famous... Um, Does and anyone I think else remember? Two girls, one cup, yeah. 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 Should we yeah. just explain it for yeah, those Yeah, go and you explain who,
0: it. Um, I'm pretty sure it was just two girls and a cup of shit that kept going back and forth from them, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, it was just that a lot places. of shit. A lot that's of disgusting. shit. Why is that my
1: so That's got to be my phobia and like, not my fetish.
0: No, yeah, that's disgusting.
1: There was a really famous uh, story about a very famous singer, I'm not sure we're allowed to say who, who uh, apparently used to like laying underneath the glass table and have people shit on her.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: That's quite a big move from a woman, I think. I don't know, I sort of get why boys might like that. Oh, but...
0: really? My friend likes girls pissing on him.
1: Have you ever done a golden shower?
0: No, I haven't pissed on anyone. And oh. let
1: anyone piss on you?
0: No, I don't want anyone pissing on me.
1: My <laughs> worst.
0: Obviously, we've learned a few new kinks today. New fetishes, Gizzy. Um, and it kind of leads us sort of
1: nicely into us, uh, our interview that we did with um, fetish club owner, Carl Verbotten. He owns Verbotten Nightclub. Nightclub. <laughs> Go off to do some jazzy moves at the nightclub. Finger
0: banging. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's your jazzy move in this instance. So just... Carl runs Club Um <laughs> uh, which me and Gizzy desperately try and get invited to do. Yeah just to let you know this was recorded pre-covid so any references to crowded sex clubs carl Verburton was not breaking any lockdown rules here it is sex and lies and dm slide and slides. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for coming in carl um, you're a big name on the fetish party scene as founder of club Verboten. Is that how you say it? Almost, yeah. Uh, go on, how do you say it? Verbotten. Verbotten. And, and what, what does verboten mean? Is it, it about something
1: about bottoms? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it, it means forbidden in Germany. Ah. And uh, it was kind of an uproar against, you know, the, the rise and forbiddenness of things in the club culture.
1: What is it about the Germans and uh, the kinks?
2: I think it's like in the upbringing, you know, me, for example, I was born in the former Eastern part and... Uh, being naked was a very natural thing you know mainly because like clothing weren't really available under communist regimes but <laughs> <also> <laughs> 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 but it, it was a very natural thing you know in these days you could talk with your grandparents about this say oh i go to a fetish club and it's it's completely okay you know you have a laugh about it and it's completely socially ba- accepted in a way
1: so, is there something historic then about i mean like did it do you think these things came out of war, should we say? I mean, or just being having been inhibited? Or do you just think it's something that sits within German culture that allows people to be a bit more open?
2: Yeah, I think like, you know, all these kind of things, they, they, they flourish under suppression and East Germany was like the perfect example for it. So once the war came down, people were just released and free and to do whatever they wanted to do. So definitely that has a major impact on it. Absolutely.
0: So why did you set up the club? Club, <laughs> Club <for Britain. laughs> I will get it by the end of
1: <laughs> <laughs> I really want to do it without a really ridiculous German accent as well.
2: <laughs> I mean, you know, we we didn't invent the wheel, but um, when we came to the scene, we really just wanted to create something that addresses newer generations that had different demands. Um, we're very much about contemporary music and a very contemporary sort of audiovisual landscape. Um, and we felt a need for that. You know, also for us coming from Germany, like we, we never really wanted to have a gender sort of attached to our flag. You know, our place is open to everyone. And we're welcoming everyone that is there for that kind of spirit.
1: So um, how do you see yourself as a club? We're up against sort of the ones that I suppose have become, dare I say it, household names, the places like Garden and stuff. What makes yours unique?
2: Um, I think mainly, you know, the sound and, uh, and the landscape of it. Um, we also, you know, we, we started building our own range of furniture, our playroom furniture. So with every entity that we do, we try to give it a bit of a modern or younger approach, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, but in the same way, all the other events that are out there, like TG, they're very unique. You know, they're very much about performances and big shows. And so in, in that way, we, we don't clash at all. Yeah.
0: What, what are in these playrooms?
2: Um <laughs> <laughs> um, loads of people. Um being liberated and having fun. I mean,
0: we in Sydney are going to come yes. one day, by the Good. way. Good. Well, no, you know it's a membership only, so we actually yeah, have to pass the membership. Fr- can, we, can we not um, no. get in? No! no. Same
2: rules for everyone.
0: Same rules for everyone. I thought we might have a shortcut.
2: <laughs> no chance. Uh,
0: no chance? <laughs> I'm really not into that. <laughs> what are the requirements for, for membership?
2: You know, we, we just try to keep our little community as safe as possible, and the membership system is a great part of that. It's by all means not perfect, but it allows us to look for certain and people for you know a real reason why they want this whole picture of it and not just a quick shag.
1: you know when i think of fetishism and you know i was a body piercer for a, a long time and um our receptionist actually owned Torch Garden, mm-hmm. and my very, very first modelling job was actually at Torch Garden when I was way too young, <laughs> and um, got thrown out on stage in some of the most incredible fashion. You know, you've got to look at some of the biggest British designers. You know, someone like Alexander yeah. McQueen, Lee McQueen was really inspired by the fetish scene, and you know, picture me fifteen years old.
0: Jesus Christ! <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: yeah. It was a wild It was a while <laughs> back, but it did happen once, and actually being thrown onto um, the catwalk. Topless, but in some of the most extraordinarily beautifully designed clothes, and actually, you know, go to Torch Garden, and it being like a a, a moment in time, and in, in that it was, it was a vibe, it was a scene, it was very much a, a happening, bouncing place that was really creative, actually. But to describe that it's sort of like picking out a scene within the 90s you know i'm trying to visualize what yours looks like in 2020
2: <laughs> i think it's about a lot about like high humidity levels sweat um, really well placed shadows and like a huge collective of people that's in some way connected, it's really hard to describe, you know. Wherever it may be that, that little moment when you get stuck to someone in your, you know, through your latex dress when you pass them or mm. you know, you just get this sense of, of smell that is in the air somehow, you know. What this kind
0: of smell is that? <laughs> a
2: mixture of all kind of human body fluids you can yeah. imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and rubber. And, and, rubber.
1: <laughs> and some faux body fluids as well, maybe a bit KY. <laughs> What's that? It's KY Jelly. Did you really disarge What that? is it? Lube. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now I'm feeling very vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> ah dear. So wait, what kind of fetishes do you see? What kind of things oh, are people drawn to?
2: Like? All kinds. And I think that's like really beautiful about it. I mean, we, we inherit so many different kings and fetishes or practitioners of certain skills. And and that makes it interesting. You can walk from, like, a very heavy impact play scene into someone that is more on a on a latex side of things. So being completely rubbed up and, you know, just being in the corner observing and Ooh. taking part in some form of voyeurism and being looked at and so on. Right. So that really defines the, the landscape.
1: Back in the 90s, you were not... I mean, it happened, don't get, get me wrong. The clever people knew where to go and there was a lot of fucking going on. But... It wasn't, I think, legal. Is that fair to say? Or have things changed these days?
2: Um, I think no one really knows. Um, And that's the fun part about it. Um, (laughs) I mean, you know, as we speak here, how many people is having sex right now in some hotel room or some home party or whatsoever, what we do is we provide a safe space that is monitored, that is super safeguarded like no other place. Mm. So we provide a space that is there to be liberated and indulge in all those activities while being safe.
1: Sure, but I, I understand that. But where does that sit within the law? Like, Is it legal
2: or um, is, it, is that a really dodgy question? Yes there's, there's, Well, there's no law against it. Right. Okay, in, perfect. In that That's yeah. my favorite kind of law. I lore. mean, there, there, is, there are <laughs> these terms in the air like sex license. Well, the term doesn't exist. Mm. You know, There's a sex establishment license and that mm-hmm. defines how um, strip clubs, sex cinemas, porn cinemas and so on operate. Mm. But we got to think and understand that, you know, all these laws and rules applied are... Um, determine places there that are very much in the past you know of like what i can only see there is cis straight white male guys paying for some form of performance and and there's nothing like that you know no relation like that to our event at all um and and that's something where licensing where authorities have to catch up on because at the end of the day we all want to keep people safe you know and just restricting and banning just pushes it somewhere in the in the dark corners again
1: speaking of dark corners what's the is there anything that you don't Stand for within it. Is there any specific kinks that either have shocked you previously, or you're like uh, somebody's tried to bring something into the club that is really not okay?
2: Um, I mean, we're we're not easily shocked, <laughs> you know. We're we're there to facilitate, and we we don't we're not there to judge. There are of course like certain boundaries in play that if you look at a community, it might be too much for people that come newly to the scene or it might disturb other people in their play. Mm. And then there's also the question of safeguarding. So there's certain things or objects that people obviously can't bring into a large environment with, you know, hundreds of people because it would always a risk. But, you know, then we we don't really judge on that. We just friendly say, well, maybe you can't this here tonight, but in a smaller event, you know, Mm. we can maybe facilitate. Um, Beyond that, I think, you know, yeah, everyone has hard limits, you know, so do we have. Even experience. shit? Um, <laughs> that's I mean, the one it's, thing that I would find really hard. <laughs> draw the line, it's <laughs> shit. I just, I mean. No, I mean, you know, it's, um, everyone has their threshold. Um, some people are heavily into it and that's completely fine for us. Um, it's just, in that aspect, it's something we can't facilitate because, you know, in a, in, a, in a group of hundreds of people, there are definitely a few that, like you, that might be not okay with it mm-hmm. and then can't have it.
0: I just read uh, there's a ban on solo wanking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so why, why is there a ban on solo wanking?
2: <laughs> um, I mean, in, you know, in a busy environment, it's just never solo wanking. It's, it's always aimed at someone in some form. <laughs> no, <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, no. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like, voyeurism is a total legit thing. Yeah. But if you're just in the corner quietly masturbating at someone... It just puts everyone else at unease, you know. It's just no fun. Like it's it's like being in a round of people and being the only one not making a joke, you know. It's, yeah.
1: it's like, <laughs> so and how do you like I mean do you have to put like no solo wanking signs? Oh, yeah. like, really? <laughs> yeah. With a visual.
2: <laughs> <much> <laughs> a visual. Yeah
1: crossroom. One dick. Two dicks. <laughs> Is
2: cool? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean there's signs and you know, if you indulge in it, there might be, you know, one of our guardians that walks up to you and just says, so Hey t- can you please put- not do that or do it in a different way or involve someone or, you know, there's plenty of options.
0: So people, the guardians <laughs> patrol, yeah. essentially, to make sure everything's kind of okay. Absolutely. And, and is there any other rules other than the solo ranking ban? Is oh, that plenty. Yes, yeah. we, have,
2: we have about 12 rules. Okay. Um, everyone has to read and accept them before coming to our event in mm-hmm. the application process. And they're also on display and they're being enforced through not just our guardians, but also the community that looks and out for each other.
0: What, what else is on the rules?
2: For example, it's a mild one. You can't sit on any furniture that is there in a, you know, to be used in a BDSM-type context because it's not a bench. You know, It's not Ikea furniture. It is there to be used by people that want to indulge in play, yeah. mm-hmm. for example. That's get get
0: off my bench. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> uh, any others? Just generally, like, all these rooms sum up one thing in particular, and that is just not to behave like an absolute idiot or mm. dick. You know, they're all there to... Make sure everyone has a great time and can freely have that time, and they're there to prevent people from mm-hmm. chatting up mm-hmm. everyone with the same sort of heavy yeah. cruising line. That's yeah. just annoying.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And and, and <laughs> a lot of the people going, you're saying that they're getting kind of younger, a oh, yeah. younger crowd. How we, what kind of age group is it now?
2: Our minimum age is 21, uh, but our community ranges from 21 to I don't even know how old this person is, but uh, the majority is around 30, 35. Yeah, that's, that
0: is interesting. How long are these um, nights, how long do they run for? Are they, like, How long are people playing? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think the night is much longer than people able to play. I was going to say five yeah. minutes, <laughs> if you're
0: lucky.
2: <laughs> yeah, you, you definitely see some exhausted faces, usually around like 3, 3.30. <laughs>
0: really? So what time does it open from?
2: Um, we run from 10.30 to whatever the license conditions okay. allow us, so 4, 6 usually. By six, usually people are tired. Right.
0: Get some people flaking out. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's not just the
1: the sexual acts. I mean, there's a lot of dancing
2: there. You know, you're
1: you've got big DJs, you know, you're you're sort of big into techno, is that right?
2: Oh yeah, massively, massively. We're pushing the lineups this year heavily because it's probably going to be the last year Mm. when we're not paying for um additional artist fees or visas. So
1: <laughs> Very true. God, Brexit's ruining <laughs> fetishism. Oh,
0: shit. What a nightmare. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I saw you had your Instagram page for it. Do you get many strange DMs on that?
2: <laughs> I mean, not in the way one would think. Like these days, like the strangest requests are you know, where's your website or stuff like that. Oh,
0: really? <laughs> Those ah. dirty bastards. <laughs> but,
2: but, you know, like in a, in a sense of like we, of course, yes, we, we get involved in people's fantasies, you know, mm. when they message us and that's part of it.
0: What do you mean you get involved with them?
2: You know, King plays out in various forms, and sometimes also in this approach towards this event, and that's the great oh. thing about it. You know, this first anxiety, this first sort of not knowing what you're going to step into when you go to your first few events. That's great. And
0: can you give us um, an example of that?
2: Uh, no, I can't. Oh. Oh. <laughs>
0: Have you ever been to a veggies club? No, I really... I mean, I thought we were going to go, Gizzy, but we seem to have been uninvited. I know. We'll just
1: have to find another one. (laughs) I I do... I I mean, I can empathise with that. I mean, I I was very much part of the scene for a good few years, and I think, by by all accounts, what you're offering is something which is far more uh, real and less of a fashion show and a performance-based thing. It's really actually where people do go and are able to act out their fetishes and I'm fascinated by this special room and all of these tools you have. What's the most unusual thing that you've
2: built? I accidentally switched the house lights on, on one event at five thirty in the morning and it was in the dark room. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. Oh
1: wow. Uh. And? And?
2: and I looked into like loads of surprised faces. <laughs> they were all knotted into each other.
1: Uh, like, whoa. it's like it's okay, it's all good in the dark and suddenly you're like, oh wow. This is quite a weird ask, but English boys, they, you know, think that they're kinky, but they don't really get it, do they? <laughs> not, not, by the most part.
2: Uh, they try.
0: They try. <laughs> We're not too sure we find British men particularly kinky. I mean, it's my biggest frustration. Do you get many British men in your clubs?
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. I think, well, like, I mean, give people time, you know. it's. It, I think it's something that, A, develops later in your life yeah. and, uh, you're allowed to make mistakes. Do you think no. that
1: we we just need a sexual revolution? For, for so long, it's been the focus on women being able to sort of put their bodies out there in the correct way mm. and own themselves in the correct way, which means that they can do what they want as long as it's within their own personal sort of remit. Whereas with boys, I think they've always been sticking their willies everywhere, <laughs> um, but not really understanding sexuality, if that makes sense. Do you think that the men are due a, a sexual... Revolution,
2: uh, straight man, maybe I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it it takes it really takes some time, um, and you know, we we always try to take this uh, momentum. People run into the event out out of it. You know, it's best to go there first, watch it a bit, inherit it, take up on reading. You know ask questions and you know but in, in the process of it I think you will find yourself discovering yourself a little bit more and and develop you know and you might develop things you never thought you're capable of and, and that's a really interesting process.
1: Do you think um, in an age where there are Phones and you know, uh, apps. Is there specific apps towards fetishists? And do they act like Tinder? And do they, you know, how does it how does that work? And what are they?
2: Oh yeah, definitely. Um I think like my most favorite platform is definitely Recon or Fat Life. Fet FetLife. Fat Fat Life.
1: I'm
0: like FetLife. That's very Dizzy's making notes. <laughs> <I am. laughs> how do the apps work?
2: I think they're like platforms for sharing content and making connections among people that you know in, indulge in BDSM more, um, have a certain fetish, and and they're great in some way because you know I think like once this thought develops in your head, you're you're in initially left on your own a little bit and once you find a platform or community you realize you're not that abnormal anymore. Yeah.
0: <laughs> do you have a presence on any of these uh, apps? Yeah, yeah, I do.
2: do. <laughs> but I just it doesn't work for me. But is I'm it really do you think so,
0: do you think in a way that sort of
1: finally in Instagram or Facebook became your, your, you sort of built your community around like-minded people, finally. Is it more that? Or do you think people use them for fucking or for fetish, or being able to utilise their fetishes?
2: I, I think, like, yeah, people people are initially curious, you know. They they, they hear something and they're curious. And then yeah. from there, the, the path splits, you know. Um, I think it takes some time to really develop a fetish properly and a kink. So um, some hang around, others not.
1: Literature and films, I mean, Fifty Shades, all of that sort of stuff. Have you seen a rise in... in people wanting to be involved in fetishes since that. And do you think it, there's a, is it sort of, a, is there a hierarchy of like at what stage people come into a club like yours?
2: Hmm. Interesting. There's, I mean, I think like there was, we took a bit of a hit on the publications and literature side of things, but um, what really happened in recent years is that there are more independent people. Um, publishers and people come to the scene and do small little scenes uh, like the Paraphila Collective or, uh, for example, the London Vagabond who publishes like the most rawness of people, you know, you, or people's habits you can find. And, and that really, really makes things or, you know, makes younger generations again being interested in that, but also, you know, helps answer questions in some way. Um, so I think in terms of hierarchy, it's it's been pretty much nuked. You know, the the big sort of stories are gone, and now it's split into so many individuals that publish and do, and that makes it really interesting. You have to look for it, um, because mostly they are you know shadow banned on social media, whatsoever. But it's, oh, there's really good stuff that's, out there. You know?
1: That's uh, interesting. I mean, like I don't know. I remember in the '90s there were a lot of films that were getting made about fetishes, for fetishes, and even even really incredible. Um, sort of uh, print, print media was really strong as oh, well yeah. <laughs> but now <clears throat> i mean maybe it's just because i'm not in that world but you know there was some there was a great film out last year called piercing and it was about did you watch it no no oh, it's really great and it wasn't about piercing at all it was about um a psychopath but oh. <laughs> with a lot of fetish ideology and it nice. was fascinating but like are you you know do you ever see any good stuff coming out into mainstream media or do you think there's some there's a reason why the good stuff's hidden hid- away
2: I think it's a little too early. It's, you know, it's, I mean, when we talk about very, very contemporary stuff, of course, um, I think it's about to happen. You know, the London mm-hmm. Vagabond had some really good sort of more public collaborations and so on. But it needs, it needs the helping hand sometimes of a larger brand or entity to bring it out of there because they are all fighting social medias and bans and regulations and all this. So it's kind of really, really hard to be put in the right light and be understood, you know.
1: Yeah. Listen, there's one more thing I, I wanted to say. I'm not going to say who it was, but at the end of this big fashion show at Torch Garden, I was walking down the catwalk and then we did a big meet and greet. And um, at the end of that meet and greet, I got to say hi to Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee and uh, Marilyn Manson and Dita Von Teese. Oof. And then there was a little guy at the end who had his very, very fetish, and very, very, very immersed in it in a different way, not sort of the glam really sort of considered fashion. This guy had his dick in a cock ring, nibble clamps, ball gag, naked. And he was a very, very, very famous um, children's TV presenter. And I've always felt like, I mean, if I told everyone, first of all, it would go bananas and I don't think that's correct. But I always had a huge amount of respect for him in a way because he was able to go out and act out his fetishes in the correct way within a sort of, uh, you know, the four walls of a specific environment whereas a lot of them behaved abysmally out of those. Um, do you feel like it's quite a good way for people to contain themselves within the structures of their own imagination, sexual imagination?
2: Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I would. I would agree. I mean... It's a lot about, you know, self-exploration going down that journey. And, um, you know, I think fetishism offers um, various forms of, of expressionism in, in forms of clothing or certain behaviours or and You know, so, so you can explore that and really put yourself, in particular your mind, on the very borderlines of that or uh, boundaries of that. So th- that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Why not?
0: So just, yeah, how can people find out more about what you do at Club Button? Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, still obviously, still not got it. <laughs> and I, did I, say know, it I, I was like, well done, And then I thought, oh, "God, I don't know." <laughs> I don't think. think that's right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, obviously, you can follow us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook, and so on. But I think like the more fun part is actually coming to one of the socials or one of the events and just chat with us, where they are always, you know. And it's uh, a much better form to you know being guided into something. Mm. Five
0: thousand people though on your waiting list. Yeah. Five thousand and two now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well listen, Carl, thank you so much for coming on. Thank I, this thank has you been really enlightening and I feel like I'm I know quite a lot about the world <laughs> and you've completely shattered that and made me realise there's still so much to learn. <laughs> thank you that's so great. much for coming on.
2: Thank you, thank you. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for listening to our Spotify original podcast, Sex Lies and DM Slides. Please follow us on Spotify and tell all your mates about it if you enjoyed it.
0: And if you have any weird and wonderful Sex Lies and DM Slides stories of your own, do slide into our DMs at Sydney Lima and at Gizzy Erskine. No dick pics, please. Also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sex lies DM Slides. This Spotify original podcast is a Hayden Prowse production edited by Matt and Scott at Podmonkey. With music by Free Seed Films, our executive producers at Spotify are Rachel Simpson and Alexandra Adie.